0: Hello and welcome to another episode of TWSs. That's what she said with Zach and Nicole. You have to come in. You are. This is the second time you've been late to your entrance. <laughs>
1: with hesitation. Honestly, you threw me off by saying TWSs instead of "That's what she said." So I kind of was like, "Wait, what?"
0: Hey, we're switching, up every, we're switching it up every episode or so.
1: I know. Apparently, happens. I I I like it. It's interesting. <laughs> I this hate new catchphrase of yours
0: is going to be the <laughs> death of me.
1: I think so. All right. So to start out today's episode, we're just going to jump right in to some miscellaneous news. Um, Marvel is reportedly looking for a Joel Kinnaman type to play the role of Craven. Craven? Craven? Yeah, Craven. Craven. Okay. The Hunter for Spider-Man Three. Um, Jeffrey Dean Morgan has been thrown into the mix a little bit. Um, fan casting, of course, not really casted, but I know, um, I love both actors. Actually, Joel Kinnaman is, he was on one of my favorite shows last year of the 100. Mm-hmm. He played, um, a bad guy, which I believe Craven is too. Yeah. Um, he played the role very well, I have to say, because I really despised him. Um, but I think... I, you know what really irks me, though, when it comes to these kind of, like... When Marvel says, I want to cast somebody with this type, like, then yeah. why not try and get that person?
0: Because yeah.
1: they've said that with a couple other... I forgot, We talked about it a few episodes ago. Marvel wanted to cast somebody like this person. And I was just thinking, I'm like, well, well then why not... Cast that yeah. person. Why not try and get that person? Um, I don't know what your thoughts are on.
0: I'm I'm the same way. Uh, just make it happen. I mean, Joel Kinnaman was in Suicide Squad. Um, so oh, that's he right. He was he, the
1: yeah. he was Viola Davis's helper. Yeah.
0: So he knows how to be in oh. superhero movies, or if, if you can even call Suicide Squad a superhero movie, or maybe a comic book movie, right? But I was just like, this whole idea of type was a little annoying to me. And then also just kind of people being like, well, they want him, but we don't know if it's not him. And they haven't said anything to say that it's not him, so it could be him, but we know they kind of want someone who looks like him. I was like, well, just tell us if they want him or not. If they if they want him, then, you know, double down and make the deal happen, right? And it's not like I Marvel's agree. short of money to make this deal happen, but if it and is him, if it isn't him, then stop this news of oh we want someone who's like him, when they could easily go out and get him.
1: Yeah, and I think because I saw that on Twitter yesterday, and then I saw that um, Daniel Richmond, one of our bloggers, had actually posted like a GIF of Jeffrey Dean Morgan as as well, his character B- Negan.
0: BD posted a, a GIF. With Jeffrey Dean Morgan, and then was that who like, was? Yeah, BD posted. The, oh, I thought the, it was. I gig. thought it
1: was Daniel Richmond.
0: And then everybody was like, "Oh, good choice," because I think um, Charlie Murphy said, "You know, who else could play this role if it's not him?" And then BD was like, mm, "Jeffrey Dean Morgan," and then everyone was like, "Oh yeah, good choice." And then when like you look at the comic book reference and then look at Jeffrey Dean Morgan, you're like, "Okay, yeah. If you don't get Joel Kinnaman, you should get him."
1: It's really all just at this point fan casting because who even knows if Craven is really going to be in the third Spider Man. Um, I mean we
0: didn't even know what the third There's really
1: no be. details. There's been nothing yet. There's, there's been nothing. no title, no like they were they've they they were pushed back because of COVID, so I mean, who knows at this point what the third storyline's I mean, we can honestly kinda guess what the third storyline's gonna be about. Yeah. But I, nobody has a concrete idea until they actually say something. Like, we didn't know anything about Far From Home, I think, until February or March. There was, there was the only reason we knew anything was because people kept reporting that they were filming in Italy and like a couple other countries. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, they went overseas. So, I mean, it's all just speculation at this point. So, I don't really like, I, as much as I want to latch on to the, the idea of Joel Kinneman or Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Not gonna get my hopes up. Yeah, that's called maturity. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't stop myself on that one. <laughs>
0: wow. <laughs>
1: <laughs> because okay, uh, like literally, no, the that was a big of,
0: nugget you just dropped there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> because I just remember how much I was like, I really just want Haley Steinfeld for Kate Bishop, and then I, they finally got her. So now I'm just like, you know what? Whoever they get, they get. And we'll learn to love them. It, it, or hate that's them. That's what's
0: happening. You're having a, a whole revalation <laughs> of character. You know, you've you've come through the worst of it of making assessments before the fact. And now you become yeah. a skeptic just like me, <laughs> just waiting until things happen. Because no, that's it's just because... the best way to do things.
1: It's because I know I'll eventually get my way with casting, so I'm just gonna put it out there silently because that's what I did with Kate. Oh, (laughs) that's what I did with Kate Bishop. I silently got my way. (laughs) Okay, hot take. I mean, so there is supposed to be Marvel news. I guess they said it yesterday, like Marvel news coming out, and I don't know for sure if it was because they they announced that there was for Miss Marvel. Now we're getting two main characters. But I found that really interesting. And then I saw that Brandon Davis, BD, tweeted out, at Marvel, where are you at? <laughs> and I was like, please tell us something good. They've been so quiet. Like, I have, to, I have to just make that comment. I know I say it all the time, but they've been so quiet for the past, like, few months.
0: I think, but I, I wonder if, this is my guess, I think COVID has impacted... Their projection for this phase and the next few phases not so much not even just like in terms of scheduling but also like in terms of logistics and how they're gonna do things and and how to move forward so I think that's probably why they haven't said anything is sort of this time is now to kind of figure out what can we do how can we do it better and how can we keep everyone safe in doing it that well I I definitely
1: think. I didn't mean to cut you off, but I definitely think that face... Obviously, phase four is affected in a big way mm-hmm. because they had to move everything back, and they might even still have to move things back, or if they don't want... My theory is that, and we talked about this last episode, my theory is that they don't want to continue pushing back. And I think you kind of disagreed with me, or you kind of didn't, but... Um, I, was they don't saying,
0: ca- I was saying... I was saying I don't think it has anything to do with... Um, Marvel has everything to do with with Disney and how much oh, yeah. money is involved. That's what I was saying. I, I, I still think it's a Bob Iger decision, whether. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. no,
1: most not. definitely. But what I think at this point is also I think that's why it's kind of been silent because maybe Kevin Feige, being the president of Marvel Studios, and I don't know this for sure. This is just like a theory or hypothetical. Maybe he just want. Maybe he wants. Black, obviously, everybody wants Black Widow to come out in theaters because that's what she deserves. That's what she's led towards for the past 11 years, 12 mm-hmm. years now. Um, I think what they're going to end up trying to do is I feel like Marvel is going to try and get... I feel like Marvel, Marvel will try and get it out in theaters, but I think they're going to say, okay, listen, in order to go with our phases, in order to go with our plan and how to release things, I think we should just release... Black Widow now on Disney plus and then release internals and everything else when it's supposed to be released if it can be released. Cause we know Eternals is done filming, but they honestly, they might have to go back for reshoots or they did already. I know Wandavision already did reshoots. Um, black widow had done, I think reshoots mm-hmm. way before. So I don't know. Money wise, Bob Eager could say, okay, release it now. Let's have everyone spend $30 on this or mm. could say, okay, let's just, let's hold out and let's see. I think the determining factor is going to be how well Mulan does in Disney plus. That's going to be the determining factor for every Disney movie, in my opinion, because it's going to be the first major film released onto a Disney plus streaming service. Mm. You don't think so?
0: No, I, I see what your point is. Um,
1: that that's what I would do. I would wait to see the numbers, and then if it doesn't do well, then they would say, "Okay, we don't want this to happen for future films." So let I mean so, honestly.
0: So hypothetically, if Mulan okay. does incredibly well, okay, with Disney Plus, right? Do you think the next move will be to put Black Widow straight to Disney Plus, or do you think they're still gonna go down this potential hybrid? route that they're possibly considering?
1: I I personally would want them to do the hybrid route. I'd want them to release it because I, I just read on Twitter maybe less than an hour ago that Mulan is planning to be released in China theatrically. Right. So I think... Which
0: it deserves by the way.
1: Oh, it absolutely uh, I, I, does. I, I, I,
0: no, I'm just saying like, especially in China because of uh, after how poorly Mulan was received in China for obvious reasons, um, Hmm. Due to depictions of, of, you know, the character Mulan, that I think it's completely, it's a right turn for Disney to release it theatrically in China, so that the Chinese audience can go and see it, and <clears throat> and see a a uh, a storied hero. Um, oh no, I of their I totally agree. So I, I, that's so that's why I just wanted to add that in real quick.
1: But I mean, I know a bunch of co- a few countries are getting. Tenant in September. Right. They're getting um, my one of my movies that I know you don't know much about, but after we collided, a sequel to a, a Wattpad fan fiction mm-hmm. is getting released theatrically um, in other countries, and before us, we're supposed to get October second, I believe, the same weekend as Tenant would no Tenant would be September, um, but we're supposed to be getting October. And now, supposedly, Wonder Woman 84 is getting um, pushed back. So, will the new Godzilla movie and I think a couple others are looking to possibly get moved. So, it really all just depends, but we'll see.
0: We'll see what happens.
1: The trailer for Judas and the Black Messiah featuring Daniel Kaluuya and Lakeith Stanfield was released last week.
0: Oh, my God. One of the...
1: Go for it.
0: ...most amazing trailers for a film I've seen in a long time. I mean, Daniel Kaluuya just looks like a powerhouse. Like, I mean, even... Her name escapes me right now. Um, But... He 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 just looks like he's going for it in this one. Like if he if he's not nominated for an Oscar after this movie, I I may boycott the Oscars for future. Really? Oscar ceremonies. I really I really will because the to me I can't see how he wouldn't be nominated for something like this. But then again, it could be one of those Oscar bait movies, you know? but i was so blown away by the trailer that you know i have to see this movie what, whatever happens any any way anyhow i have to see this film because if i don't then i know i'm missing out it it like i have chills i think i saw you
1: retweet retweet it yeah and i was like yo dude
0: the trailer it's it's phenomenal it's so good it's cut so well and and it's 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 almost an allegory to jesus jesus and judas like it's just it's so good man i really enjoyed it and I, i had chills and yeah I'm I'm super excited for this to come out, and then I find out that it's produced by a company that I only got onto a couple of days ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but they produced some of the best movies that I really enjoy, and so now I'm just a huge fan of this company, <laughs> and I followed them on Twitter because I have to see more. So Letitia Wright, she she was in that she mm. she was shooting in um. Uh, in uh, Black Panther she she tweeted out she's yeah. like Daniel's perf- Daniel's performance in the trailer just makes me not want to act anymore and I was like that's how I feel after watching it too like what's Wait, the point Daniel Kaluuya Get Out uh, he was also in um, Black Panther oh my god well. yeah. Yeah, yeah
1: yeah
0: she was like after seeing him in this trailer it just what's the point of even acting anymore like how do you he's been nominated re-
1: for an Oscar before yeah for get he has
0: but I, I, I genuinely believe that this is one of the strongest performances I've ever seen. he will produce, at, at least wow. in recent memory. I, I think he's definitely got more movies to make and, and um, be phenomenal at. But from, just from the, what I've seen of this performance, it, he was doing one for me. And I'm so excited to see this when it comes out, and I'm sure I'll be one of the first people in line. Because
1: <laughs> I mean, um, I don't doubt it. I mean, it sounds intriguing. I haven't I, I definitely saw that you reposted something and I was able to watch like the first like two seconds, I believe, at work, like through the non-sound. Like you know when you watch a video and it like just starts playing?
0: Yeah. but you have to listen so I, you have to listen to it with the sound. Because oh yeah yeah the, yeah, the soundtrack behind it <clears throat> it's, it's crazy. It's, it's crazy.
1: Oh, uh, honestly, I'll I'll probably watch it after this episode. Um, FX's Fargo season four will premiere on September 27th following a six-month delay. Now, I've never seen Fargo, but I always see trailers for it because I used to watch FX movies all the time, and I'd always see Fargo, Fargo, Mm -hmm. next week, this episode. So um, I I honestly don't know what it's about. I mean, I can make a guess because I feel like I know, but... I'm I not mean, gonna make myself have you like seen Fargo the film? No, I haven't seen anything. Ooh. <laughs> that was like such a pitiful, like, <laughs> <Yeah>. pitiful fake.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, I already knew the answer to that question before I asked it, but I was I like, know. who knows? Maybe she'll surprise me. But, Never.
1: Yeah. You should <laughs> Sometimes I do.
0: Sometimes you do that's the
1: film. way I, I tell a story, you're just like, really? <laughs> um, but it sounds cool. I'm on, I honestly do want to get into the show, so we'll see if I can start it. Um, according to Variety.com, Taiwanese films Classmates Minus and A-Leg are set to be the curtain raisers of Taiwan's Golden Horse Film Festival, Organizers of the festival said on Monday that the festival re- will run November 5th through the 22nd. Man, it must be nice to have festivals again. Right? Is that the first thing you thought of? I was I was
0: like, first of all what's cool about this story is the two films are by the same director. Wow. So this and he's also, I believe, the cinematographer of the films as well. So that in itself having two of your own films starting off a whole festival is pretty cool but then just having a festival in the middle of a pandemic is pretty cool so not only being able to release your film but also show it to audiences in a festival that's kind of crazy you know the fact that that's news is kind of concerning but i know but that's that's
1: cool one of the funniest things i've okay it's not funny but it's like humorously interesting Um, every time I watch like a TikTok or something or like see like crowds on Twitter or something like from, from like the past couple, maybe a year or two, um, just the comments have me like rolling because they're like, wow, remember it seems like so long ago that we were able to be in a crowd without worrying about like a pandemic. And I'm like, oh my God, that's so right. Because I remember right before, even though no one asked for this story, but I remember right before, honestly, right before COVID hit, like I was work at iHeart. I was working, like, events with literally, like, 100 plus people. Mm-hmm. And literally three weeks before, or, like, maybe a week before the pandemic actually became a pandemic, I was working in like, a huge, huge event at the mall, at yeah. the outlet Mall. So it's, like, something like this is just, it shouldn't be this crazy to me, but it is. But it, it's good for this director that they're getting their films to start off the festival like i i applaud them i think that's a big accomplishment for any director i i know i love um toronto oh my god what's that there's a there's a movie festival that happens california yes toronto film festival i look forward to seeing all the films that premiere there and then Mm -hmm. those determine if they get released into like Theatric, yeah. like, theatrically Sundance, wide. Sundance,
0: South by Southwest. Sundance, it's
1: Sundance. Um, I always see films premiere there, and then I see them online on, like, Netflix, like, f- yeah. a few months later. And I'm always like, why isn't this in a theater? Like, this is an amazing movie. Yeah. So those those little indie movies, they get me. They get to me. <laughs> You're like, I don't care.
0: No, it's not. I, I, I do care. It's just interesting because... You're you're such a big Hollywood blockbuster fan that to hear you talk about indie movies is just refreshing because you rarely really. ever do. So honestly, I feel like I'm I'm more of a champion for, for indie movies and small tidy movies. No, <laughs> you are. Knows. And it's so it's honestly it's just very weird like hearing it come from you.
1: It's surprised. You know what's funny is that um story time. Um Thomas had no. called me one day. Thomas had called me one day over quarantine, and I I forgot what we were talking about. But besides that, um, he calls me and said, like, he goes, "What are you doing?" And I said, "Oh, I'm watching um, watching this. It, it was like Mission Impossible or something. It was like some action film." And he was he was shocked. He's like, "You like something other than romance?" I said, "Honestly, and like, this might surprise you too. Like, I'm not huge on romance movies. Like, I like them. No, no, no but like." There's certain romance movies, but I'm not like I will never really pay to go see one in a movie theater. Other than like Twilight back in the day, but okay. now, but nowadays, like I'm so much more into action films. Like I'll pay to go see action. I'll pay to go see like suspense, but like those little rom com movies, I'm not. Mm. I'm not like I I don't care for. I don't know. I haven't I haven't been in the mood in the past couple years to see one so.
0: I mean, rom-coms get predictable. Yes. And I'm a huge rom-com fan, but they I get know. predictable after a while, so.
1: I'll put on in the background if I have nothing else to watch, but, okay, like, the other day I put on, shut up, the other day I put on Life As We Know It, and I, like, put on the background, and it took me, like, two days to finish it, but, um, indie films I love, honestly. One of my favorite films is an indie film. I know. <laughs> I'm mean, uh, Fun fact. (laughs) Um, According to Entertainment Weekly, Netflix has released a trailer for its upcoming space drama, Away, starring Hilary Swank. So my first thought when I saw this was that, how long has it been since we've seen Hilary Swank in a film? Right? Okay, like I'm glad I wasn't the only one because I saw it and I was like, at first, reading it back, like I was like, okay, Natalie Portman, Hilary, like... uh, Jessica, like I thought of every other actress, and then I read that, and I was like, "Hillary Swank."
0: When was the last time I saw Hillary Swank? That's interesting. I
1: want to say, oh my god, I can't remember what it. I don't want to chop up this movie, but it was something from way back when where she taught at like a low, um, low level school or like a. I don't know how to say it. Uh, Freedom what's writers. Jack Horson? Was she Freedom Writers? She was.
0: Freedom Writers? Yes. Freedom Writers, 2007.
1: That was Hillary Swank?
0: Mm-hmm. Last project was The Hunt.
1: Oh, oh yeah! Oh, yeah! Oh, yeah! Oh, my God. I that was that, that literally just yet. came out. That yeah. just came out with Emma Roberts and another really attractive guy. I can't remember who his name was. <laughs> but... <laughs> That, that also makes. determines my my ability to watch the film.
0: Ike Barinholtz? I'm just is that the guy? I don't know. There's just a bunch of people. Hold people. on. But that's funny. I honestly... You know when I saw her face, and I was like, oh my gosh, Hillary Swank, when I saw the trailer for that film, and I was like,
1: wow, okay. Yeah. Never mind. I thought it was an attractive guy, but I don't think it is. Yikes. <laughs> oh, I didn't mean that. Wow. You'll never listen to this.
0: But uh, surprising, um,
1: she was in the film and sure. she plays like some like, I think she plays like a bad one or something. Yeah. But I'm interested to see it. I really actually wanted to see it because it was supposed to come out during like COVID and it didn't.
0: Hmm.
1: Good um, for her.
0: Good, yeah. And Netflix is is making moves. I mean. Oh,
1: it's coming out on Netflix. Yeah. Did a a I just Netflix. say that? It? Oh.
0: It's on Netflix. Oh, I thought we
1: were talking about The Hunt.
0: Oh, sorry, no. Coming out on Netflix, I was like, okay, I'll I'll go watch it tonight. I mean, sooner or later it'll be on Netflix, but no, it's on Netflix right now. But, yeah, Netflix are making moves and doing things. Um, Hilary Swank is doing things. I'm not sure about space drama. I think that's the one thing I'm sort of stuck on. But then again, you could say Interstellar is a space drama.
1: So I have to admit. So, okay, I, I completely agree with you, though, about space dramas. Um, Gravity, it was nominated for an Oscar. I did right. not see why it was nominated for an Oscar. I wasn't CGI. impressed by it. Yeah, whatever. The CGI is was, crazy. The CGI it, it is it, crazy.
0: But it, was
1: okay.
0: it as, a, as a film, yeah, I agree with you. Because <laughs> I started like for film class, 10. and I was like, Okay, outside of like all the camera tricks and the CGI, the camera, the camera
1: tricks were good. I just couldn't, I literally could not pay attention to it. Like I I was like, okay, Sandra Bullock, George Clooney, why? It felt
0: like two thousand and one, a space odyssey, but with Botox. It was like, I get what you're trying to do, but you're not doing it right now. (laughs) It was like. A really bad boob job. It was like, I know what you're trying to do, but this, this isn't working right now.
1: I can't like, deal with that. That's, that's what um, I would
0: call gravity.
1: So Interstellar, since you brought it up, that right. was the second film I thought of. Um, it was good. It was great. just didn't hit the nail for me. It was I didn't. I didn't understand it. I, I didn't really didn't like Interstellar. Uh, It took me, honestly, it took me like three to four days to watch it, and I would watch it, and I'm like, okay, okay, so my thought in the whole film was that it could have been explained a little better, other than it, it just didn't make sense to me like it i i understood that they were on a space trip going to this far distant planet that would take them like what 20 years something like that to get to mm-hmm. and then time moves slowly on the planet so like five minutes there is like five years on earth whatever um not to downplay the film it just wasn't i i i didn't get it no, and i I, it was, I talked it was to somebody quiet. about it the other day and they explained it to me and i was like okay but like it took them two and a half, almost three hours, to explain that Matthew McConaughey and Anne Hathaway travel, and then I think one part did get to me, it made me a little emotional, and then I guess at the end he died. I don't know. It it was it was interesting. It was interesting.
0: Yeah, it's
1: it was honestly a five out of ten for me. Like he could I think it got nominated to be. I don't remember.
0: I believe it did, but I'll be honest. Movies like that just make me feel like the director's just jerking himself off for the length of the movie. It, it's really... Those kind of movies are like, oh, look at me and what... how a, Look at the kind of film that they pay me to make. And it's than, almost three hours. He a good movie that I've, I've thought about and has something to say. Or oh, Christopher Nolan directed idea. it. Yeah, it was... And it was really just him being like, they're gonna give me how much to make a movie? <laughs> okay. And let me Why couldn't he
1: have taken that and just put all that into Tenet?
0: I mean, to be honest, Tenet might be exactly the same thing. I'll be honest, the last few Christopher Nolan movies haven't really done it for me. I mean
1: So it did to, win. if you were to
0: compare if you were to compare like, I don't know, Dunkirk to
1: I still haven't seen that.
0: Let's say... I don't know. Let's say Interstellar, right? If you were to compare Interstellar or The Prestige... You know, like... Those two movies... I'm choosing The Prestige every day. The Prestige is just a better movie. I don't know why, but it is. So, yeah. I've not... I haven't been a huge fan of Nolan recently. As much as I love him... I've just felt sometimes maybe the concepts are too big that he's dealing with that it just comes off as boring or at least just very entertaining to him but to other people it's kind of like
1: "Mm." if you also think about it though he directed one of the best trilogies to date with The Dark Knight so I think coming off of that it could be people have such high expectation and then the films that do come out like he did he directed Inception right? yeah so Inception was another phenomenal film that's still everybody's favorite um, I think with this I, honestly I'll, I'll so the way my thought process is working is that to fans it could probably be okay my, my expectation is up here and then when it doesn't meet here then they're like alright well it wasn't as good as this film so it's kind of what sucks about making such an amazing film is that you get it compared you compare every other film that they make so i, I understand like inception oh, like I, yeah. that's what tenet's going to that's what tenet kind of like looks like to me so going into the film i don't want to think about inception but i'm going to be thinking about inception
0: no i, I completely agree with you but yeah. i i think another thing is you know leading up to inception every single movie he's put out has been phenomenal and nobody's seen the,
1: anything like Inception before, so, like, seeing such a mind-bending memento, film. Memento,
0: insomnia, Batman Begins, The Prestige, The Dark Knight, Inception, The Dark Knight Rises, Interstellar. It's right?
1: crazy. Like, his...
0: his. Like, it's prolific. And so... His resume is, is
1: amazing.
0: There is a level of, of, you know, expectance with a Christopher Nolan movie. I will agree. But I think sometimes there comes a point where... Where directors produce duds you know and I think I mean Spielberg's done it there have been duds here and there you know I, I think sometimes you get to a point where you know there's a movie that to the director it's creatively challenging and it's it's an amazing opportunity but to everybody else it's kind of like why did you choose to make this film but you know I hope that tenants you know a return to his more prolific ways but
1: you know. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I mean, I I have high hopes. I don't want to have high hopes, but there has been so much controversy with moving this film, not moving the film that I just I just want to see it already. You're a you're a co-op. Oh my you're god, a of... <laughs> <laughs> I'm more I'm more laughing at the fact that my voice just sounds so like country. <laughs> you're a corp appoints axel Duro as its new ceo and i did see this story the other day on twitter so take i mean yeah i don't know much about it it's cool
0: i mean he he has a lot of business um acumen and i think it could potentially be a good move um Europe has produced a lot of pretty good films recently um, so I, I think it's cool I think it's a good pick up um, and we'll see what happens I guess
1: I, I mean I'm interested in learning more so we'll see <laughs> it's the time for my favorite portion <laughs> my rpat story (laughs) go oh my god this was one of the best things i've ever seen on twitter because i remember this story from years ago and i was like what the hell um i have to find it because i did screenshot this oh my god it was so funny to me um Hold on. My friend sent it to me on Twitter because she said she would gladly third wheel me on it. So, <laughs> I had posted this on our um, on our episode for tonight. And za- I get onto the podcast and the first thing Zach says, <laughs> why? <laughs> Which I'll explain after this. But, so, Robert Pattinson, years ago, I, I think it's like during his... <laughs> I know I don't know why I brought this up but it was it's probably one of the best things um so I think it was like the first year of his like twilight stardom (laughs) he like went on a date with his with his stalker stalker fan and he scared them off (laughs) and it was one of the best things I've ever read Um, pretty much, long story short, he just literally went on a date with a stalker and complained the entire time about his life, and she just left the date. (laughs) He says, but rather than call the cops or barricade the doors, Rob decided to out, to go out and have dinner with her because he was, quote unquote, so bored and lonely. Now this would seem like a dream for Twihard. It is. But didn't exactly go according to plan for the stalker. (laughs) according to Rob via today he just complained about everything in his life and she was so turned off that she never came back (laughs) and I I tagged Zach in this and I said this is what dreams are made of how (laughs) how I don't get I don't
0: get why (laughs) this is good I, I really don't understand why this is good Okay. And I don't understand why we're talking about it in this podcast right now, but go off, <laughs> sis. Because I really have no idea.
1: Go off. I'm like, I'm like, what is this? Okay. So, first point is that Midnight Sun just came out last week, and I'm almost done with it. This is something we talked about, actually, the other day, too. Um, this has been my dream for, like, 12 years now. So... Um, I mean,
0: it's a book, and we're talking about Robert Patterson's stalker, but go off.
1: But anyways, it's related, because he is Edward Cullen. Um, <laughs> so, I found it, because honestly, if I went on because date Robert Because you Pattinson, are that stalker,
0: that's why. It's because you <laughs> are that person, that you would sit outside of his apartment every One night.
1: Hundred, no, I'm not that him. weird.
0: And then, he would be like, hey, let's go on a date, and you'd be like,
1: oh my god. So in all honesty, Katie and I have talked about this. If I ever went to LA, I would—I promise I would never stalk or look for one of my favorite celebrities, which I would never do in the first place. I have more integrity and maturity than that. But <laughs> I
0: don't know what—I don't know what's happened since I lost all you. You've grown into one really grown woman, and I have no idea what's happened in the last few days.
1: All this maturity that you three days. now have. Um. <laughs> No, honestly, if I went on a date with Robert Pattinson, I would love to hear him complain about his life, and then that way I can just, like, talk to him about Twilight or something or, like, talk to him about his life. Yeah, but he's complaining about Twilight. That's why. That's all right. That's all right. Listen, if I'm standing there with Edward Cullen, I don't care.
0: And he's complaining about Twilight and people like you berating him about being Edward Cullen, and you'd be okay with that. All right, you know, I
1: I, I I just don't
0: have crushes like you. Like I really, I don't understand it personally. I
1: won't lie to you though. Like my RPAT's crush was dissolved for at least five years, at least. And then in the past, like maybe two years, it's like, sh- what What you give me that look for? <laughs> I feel like you don't believe me.
0: I don't. <laughs> I
1: don't. It wasn't as strong because I've like seen too are, much.
0: And I don't want to talk about it on the podcast because I'm not sure if you're comfortable with it. But I've seen too much in, fr- in terms of your obsession with volume Wait,
1: can you give me a hint? Blanket. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's where I thought you were going. And then that's I was exactly like, back I'm off, going. says, back off,
0: says. So I said, let, Honestly, me, let me pull back because I'm not sure if there's information we want to divulge.
1: No, I'm not gonna lie. All right, so I'll be honest right now. So, I get really de- not defensive, but I get really like, because my no a defensive
0: my- is the right <laughs> word. You get defensive, like like a mother panther with her cubs. Like it's it's scary, like a bear, like a bear. A bear is a more accurate description of how you are. You're like a bear.
1: <laughs> with what? With with my fandoms. You, Oh, well, yeah, if the shoe fits. If the (laughs) Um, boot fits. (laughs) If the boot laces up, it fits perfectly. (laughs) Um, No. So I I don't know why. It's not like a, it's not like, I don't want to call it a spitting contest, but whenever like a friend comes to me and tells me how much they love Twilight, I'm like... All right, but really, sis. Yeah, you. Yeah. I I don't. It's, it's not like I'm contest. trying to one up. I really don't no, want to one is. up That's somebody. Exactly what you're doing. <laughs> doing. That's exactly what you're doing.
0: you're doing. Like, you're doing what true fat. You what fans do all the time, where. What they human separate- fans
1: do. No, they do. What, you doing just what
0: just fans said? do. No, I was saying you're doing what fans do all the time, where they separate who are the real fans from the fans who just kind of came along afterwards, and you're no, like so establishing I mean, these- your territory, being like girl, I was here from the <laughs> beginning. Like, you don't even know. Like, I read all the books. I've been to all the premieres. Like, I know their birthdays. Like, I'm serious about this universe. I do you know, know their
1: birthdays. Yeah. <laughs> okay am not helping no. your case. <laughs> <laughs> no, I will admit, I only know Robert Pattinson's. Like, I know his actual birthday, and I know oh my his character's God. birthday. I know the wedding date. And Bella's birthday. I don't ever remember Chris and Stewart's birthday. I. But, so anyways, now it, it's just funny because like people will at people happen to ask me about it, and I'm like, yeah, I'm almost done with, which is cool. And then, oh my god, the amount of times I got tagged in one meme about like the Midnight Sun book coming out was um, was crazy. I got tagged, and then it got posted on my Facebook timeline, and I was like. Is, was this how I really was back in high school? Like, yes, the-
0: <laughs> yes, y e s, yes. yes.
1: <laughs> Exclamation yes. point! <laughs> I'll take
0: yes for two hundred. Yes, this is how you were.
1: Honestly, though, like Still people, ask, people like I, I, see it on their story, and then they, my friend and us, have a podcast about it, about like all the Twilight books, and we were talking about and i sent her i go well i have this this and this still and she's like oh like she was very shocked like there's something i I can't really say because i don't want to give away a password of mine but it's been my password for like at least 10 years and i'll never get rid of it
0: well you better change it because you're about to get hacked
1: (laughs) (laughs) it's just my phone password but anyways um But I honestly, the story was just so intriguing to me because I read it and I was like, I remember the story coming out, and then people were sending it to me, and I'm like, like yeah, that's that that's me. (laughs) I did, however, buy every blanket from the film. That was like a huge thing for me back then. I had to buy.
0: I can't even judge you because I go to Disney World and buy Star Wars hats to have a collection. So.
1: That's every and honestly, it, it like it does boggle my mind when people say shit to me about like my my I will call them my obsessions, whatever my obsessions. Um, they say things to me and then I'm like, okay, but don't you like this one just as much? And they're like, yeah, but I don't obsess over it. I said, but you still really like it. Like that's what I do. I'm just overly joyful about Marvel. Overly joyful about Twilight. Like, mic drop.
0: No, you make a it- argument.
1: I try. Um, So, we've had a very big stir up in the DC world. Um, Warner Brothers DC Comics experienced massive layoffs, which I was very shocked about. Yeah. And a lot of really good people got laid off. Uh, So that... It was crazy
0: seeing fans talk about it because you 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 realize how much of an impact that comic books specifically DC comic books have had in a lot of fans lives you know mine included and then to see entities like Warner Brothers laying off creative individuals and people who you know, I, I, And the com- world of comic books, although it's alive and still thriving, is not thriving in the same way as movies are, I would say, arguably. Um, and to know that it's these these things were the building blocks for a lot of the movies and, and, and just the money that a lot of these companies have, and then to see them treat. There people like this. But you know, another thing is it's business as well and that's just the tough part. And it's this meshing of creative and business that leads itself to these kinds of situations. So although although we can all be upset and I think we all are and, and, and we're we're hoping that those individuals either get their jobs back or find better jobs at other companies. I think another part is to know that we can't get mad at the system because that's just how it goes. And I think if anything that this, this pandemic has shown us is that, you know, sometimes there's no loyalty, even in business. And it doesn't matter how, how long you've worked for someone and how, you know, how much money you've made for people, if, if it turns out that you have to be laid off, then there's a possibility that you'd be laid off.
1: And I think, so add on to everything, which I think you said it perfectly, I think it is, it's a horrible time and it's a horrible situation, um. I do hope that they get jobs somewhere, something equally as amazing or even maybe better for them. Um, I just think I, and I agree with everything going on with COVID. I think at this time that the layoffs are probably what needed to happen, um, for the company.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I mean, it does suck, but it, it, Everything gets better in time, so I'm hoping that they do find jobs that they're happy with and I mean as a comic book nerd it, I mean it is devastating to hear about this so we're just gonna have to see where it, it takes their career mm. um, anything more you want to add on the DC layoffs
0: it's just, it's just sad it is it's just, very sad it's just and sad and reading especially that thread with, especially with You know one of the oldest comic book franchises yeah you know it's just sad it's really sad but you know I hope that there's something good that comes out of it
1: when I read that thread and sent it to you today I was very shocked at the layoffs but I mean hoping for bigger and better with them or something that they find equally as amazing as what they were doing Mm. um moving on to spider-man 3 the spider-verse so there was something that was posted um i believe it was yesterday or sunday it was yesterday and it was a poster and i've been I've been gunning for this for a while now since Into the Verse came out and then ever since we found out that there was going to be a multiverse in Marvel. Um, So everyone keeps pushing for Andrew Garfield, Tobey Maguire, and Tom Holland to be in the same Spider-Man film. What are your thoughts on if it were to happen or do you think it happened? What do you think?
0: Okay, so I've been thinking about this a lot, especially after we saw that picture Mm -hmm. the other day. I think it's possible, but it depends on a lot of things. And I also think that it's probably not going to go down the way I think you're hoping it will go down. I agree. I I think if there is a movie and we'll see these people together, I don't think it's going to be in the same way. Mostly because we've got into the Spider Verse Two coming out soon, and who's to not, who's to say that you know in that film they might not bring back the voice talents of Tom Holland of Andrew Garfield of Tobey Maguire to to do to be their Spider Men without well, that's having what a live I thought action of too. version. And then I'm also thinking that. You know, maybe for this next Spider-Man film... Okay, this is my hypothesis, my theory of how this film could possibly go down. I think that maybe Tom Holland's Spider-Man goes back in time to prevent Mysterio giving away his identity. Ooh. And then going back in time, maybe gets to meet up with said Spider-Man. But I don't think it'll be in the same way. Like, he's meeting... Toby McGuire's Peter Parker, more like he's in New York in like two thousand and four and he sees him swing and he's like, Oh no, my god, yeah. there are more Spider You know, he might even bump into Andrew Garfield's Spider Man or something, or Saved by Andrew Garfield's Spider Man. So I think maybe that's how they tie it in together if it was to happen. Because I, I don't I don't think Toby wants to come back into the suit.
1: No. I think and he I think had such Andrew a hard Garfield's time finding kind of a job.
0: Like, yeah, and I think Andrew Garf was kind of like, you know, I'm in a really sweet spot right now, and things are going well. Yes, I might go back, but do I really want to? Um, but then again, money can change a lot of things, and oh, so it can. if they offer the right amount of money, maybe they're like, hell yeah, let's just do it, you know. And if you know, there's another great director attached, then there's another reason why, you know. um...
1: Well, the way you're Some describing the meetups, but... it re- it reminds me of the DC crossover um, of Grant Gustin and Ezra Miller. How nobody knew it was coming, not even like the stars on set. The only people I think who knew about that that meetup was um, was Grant Gustin, Ezra Miller, and I think because the the co stars even tweeted out saying like they had literally no idea. No one was allowed on set that day to keep it under wrap. So I think that's probably one of the best surprises. So I I mean, I would honestly be satisfied with that theory. I'd be satisfied with him like maybe bumping into Andrew Garfield or Toby Maguire and like them giving like an infamous Spider-Man speech or something to him and you never know. Anything's never possible. Know.
0: I, right, but you know. I it, I just it.
1: love the idea of it. I love the idea of all three of them coming back together for some somehow in some way like and maybe even passing on knowledge to him, saying, listen, like, maybe him saying, oh, my identity was revealed, what do I do? And then them just giving some kind of advice. Like, on I, I don't expect, like, a whole entire two-hour, two-and-a-half-hour film with all three of them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Just something where, okay, they're offered a role for two minutes, not even. Like, 30 seconds to come in, say something, and then swing off. Yeah. Um, also, the po- I... I-
0: i forgot to mention something go um, for it we forgot to talk about captain marvel 2. i don't know when you want to talk about that because the new director was just announced like last week oh i'm i'm so up for it we have we have to go talk s- about that at some point want to talk about it go for it want to do, okay oh so, do it now uh august 5th news broke that nia De has reportedly been hired as director of captain marvel sequel Nita Costa is the director of Candyman, the film that I believe is coming out. I don't think it's out yet. Maybe it came out. I cannot remember. But um, to have a woman and a woman of color, you know, directing the next big film is huge. And especially with the, I, with the concept that, you know, Captain Marvel 2 is going to kick off this next phase for Marvel. I think that this was phenomenal news to to hear about.
1: I love it. And Captain Marvel 2 has been rumored since um, the beginning of this year to be kind of like the new stepping stone for the new Avengers. And we're rumored to be getting quite a few Avengers in this film. And I definitely have heard that it we're gonna get new avengers so regarding my kate bishop our talk about kate bishop i think that would be a smart move to have her since the hawkeye series will come out possibly next year whenever she'll be in the film ant-man 3 is supposed to be coming out the summer of 2021 or 22 um i think 22 so having his daughter, um, I forget who she is in the, in the, Cash I think, line. not. I, well, yeah, I know her name, but I don't know, like, her, her superhero name, I don't think it's Squirrel Girl, it was something else, but, um, she could be in it, we could get, honestly, I would love to just be surprised with, with the new Avengers who we get, I wouldn't be shocked if we got Tom Holland Spider-Man in it, because he's technically in the young Avengers, um, but hers is supposed to be, like, the Young Avengers kind of film, along with other Avengers. So it, it's technically, like, another Avengers film. Just, it's pretty much going to be, like, a Captain America Civil War thing, but with, like, the best way I can describe it. So I'm really excited. I know she was supposed to be either the last film of Phase 4 or the first film of Phase 5. Um, mm. But because I, I, I think Black Panther was supposedly the last film and then Captain America, Captain Marvel too is supposed to kick off that summer. So we'll see if that even happens. What are your thoughts on it?
0: Yeah uh, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just here for Nia honestly. Um,
1: I, I think it's amazing. I think she's gonna do really well. Um, I'm hoping. Honestly, I have no doubt that she's going to direct but a even really not good only that, film.
0: Just, just also, mm, the list of directors that Marvel have for the next few projects is It's amazing. Great, it's amazing. It's an amazing Oh my group. God, I am, I'm and impressed. And at least if they're not directing, they're producing, or they're at least in some form of power. And that, to me, is, is huge for the industry. And especially with films like this, that have the potential to not only gross over a billion dollars, but also just, you know, set up and break so many barriers for people. I, yeah.
1: Do we it's, even know who's fantastic. directing some of the series? Like, have they announced the list of directors, like they did The Mandalorian? Or do we not know the directors? Uh, I, I'm
0: i going to have to go through my I don't tweets, think we know the directors yet. But there was something I saw from Discussing Film that had, like, a list of, all the directors for different Marvel projects coming up. Yeah. I'm worried.
1: I have to go find Um, it. But while you do that, I do want to yeah. change it back to DC really quick, and uh, or not even DC, Star Wars, and ask your opinion because you texted me today saying that you watched Solo finally, and I just want to know what your thoughts were, uh. because I have thoughts. I have very quick thoughts, but I just want to know what you think.
0: I gave the movie a seven. That's honestly really generous. I gave the movie a seven because it's well written mm. it It ties things together for me at least it, it 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 some things I wish were better explained, but I liked the whole. Tie-ins to you know he 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 gets the gun from Beckett you know and then he meets Chewy in the the uh, dungeon thing and then he meets Lando and then he gets to the Falcon and then well, he, he knew, oh, goes to the meets, Kessel Run okay. in twelve parsecs like I feel like the the bits about. Han Solo's life that fans kind of cling to, that we've heard over the years, but never really seen. I felt like that was done well. Um, I Special effects was great. I liked L3. I liked everybody besides Han Solo. That's how I felt. <laughs> And and that's why I can't give it anything higher than than a you know than a seven seven to me is like seven five six and seven to me are kind of all in the same range and I know seven's high I was like toying with giving it a six or a six point five but I I did enjoy what I saw but I did love it like Rogue One is a love for me like is is an oh eight, my god I love Rogue One to me so. And I mean, I would put, I would put, I'd put, Han Solo in the same bracket as the Lost Trilogy, to me, in terms of okay. my level of enjoyment and and what I saw. I don't think it's a particularly strong film, but it sucks that the title character sucked. <laughs> but I enjoyed everybody else. You know, Paul Bettany was doing something for me. I I liked Emilia Clarke. You know, obviously I'm a huge Donald Glover, Childish Gambino fan, so I was all, all here for, for Lando. Um, and, and yeah, and I, I just like the callbacks. I, I liked, you know, the idea of it. I liked Darth Maul at the end. So, I don't know. It sets up things for the Darth Maul series that I think, I think why I like it, or at least the reason I've put it as a seven, is because I have knowledge of where it's going and therefore I can kind of piece it into the jigsaw a little better than if I didn't have it. Like if I saw it when you saw it, I'd probably be like, Oh, that was trash. But now that I have context where I'm like, okay, I can see how this leads into the Disney plus series. I I can see how it's following the same sort of a star Wars story, you know, thing. Um, but yeah, not overly impressed with Ron Howard movies. I wasn't overly impressed with this one either. It was just mid. It was a mid-movie, mid-tier movie for me. I was like, uh oh, I guess I gave it a seven. Was, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed what I saw. There were funny moments. But all in all, it wasn't, you know, get off your seat, cheer for me.
1: I agree. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so my thought was pretty much every point that you said. Um, I remember I was very excited to see it, and I went to the theater up in Tampa to watch it with a friend. And if you know me at all, you know my phone always goes straight to silent, do not disturb. I don't look at it at all when I'm engrossed in a film. I have my phone pretty much away. Um, And I don't like using my phone in the middle of a movie. I will never do that. I try not to. Um oh my god I was getting texts from Shannon and I like I kept texting her and she's like aren't you in a movie I said yeah it literally just started maybe like 5-10 minutes in and she goes you don't like it I said how do you know that she goes because you wouldn't be texting me in the middle of a movie I know you I said oh shit you're right so I kind of like I go okay let me me give the movie a shot so I do agree I think and I want to look up his name properly um he was in another movie. I was really, I really loved Aldrin and Ridge. Aaron Ridge. Um, so my thought was that I watched him on the Ellen Show, and I couldn't. I can't remember if he said that he talked to Harrison Ford, um, but I know that. I agree with you. I think his character fell very flat for me. I think Harrison Ford is the only person who can ever play Han Solo. I think Alden trying to come in and play such an iconic character just felt very flat because because of Harrison Ford playing him so well, that's like you can only imagine Han Solo as, as, or Harrison Ford as Han Solo. So that kind of fell short for me. Um, the plot was okay. It wasn't... I mean, they had a good couple of, like, action sequences. Um, the train was definitely a really good sequence of them trying to get some, like, bomb to go off. Um, him meeting Chewy was cute. It was kind of... Everything... And you can disagree with me if you want, but I felt like everything was kind of forced. I felt like the meeting of Chewie was kind of forced. I feel like the way he became Han Solo wasn't the way I imagined him becoming Han Solo um, with how the storyline went I think him meeting Donald Glover was fine I think that kind of went smoothly because like you expected Donald you expected that kind of meet um, I think with the Millennial Falcon I think like because we've heard that story so many times where he had it at first and then Han Solo went it back I think that was I think it was geniusly placed together um Woody Harrelson, I, I adored in it. I think he was an amazing character. I think he added on so well. I was honestly very upset that he died in it. I wish that if they, I wish he would have stayed alive so that way we could have got him into a solo sequel if that were possible. Mm-hmm. Um, Amelia Clark, I honestly, I honestly expected her character to die at the end. I thought she was going to get killed, um, but I'm glad she's a I, I think she'll be in the Darth Maul series Since considering that she's probably working with him. Um, that the, the ending left off so many questions. P- pretty much, I just think that, I think he tried way too hard to be Han Solo. I think he had this idea in his mind. And he, I, I think that was just such a tricky character that I think for Han Solo it was a hit or miss because Harrison Ford is just so geniusly placed together with the character And since he was in Force Awakens, since we did see him revive his character, I think for me, just watching the film, I I honestly gave it a 5.5 out of 10. Because the character, the other characters kind of made up for the lack of Mm -hmm. the Han Solo character. And the plot line just for me was not that good. Like I I honestly was so uninterested in the first 10 minutes. Like It it takes a lot for me to be uninterested in a film.
0: So, I... uh, let me give backstory. I saw this movie okay. before, but I only got to the point where he gets through the the barrier to the, the other security side, clearance, the security curse, which was very stopped. like. And I will honestly also say that I paused this movie at least <clears throat> six times. Like I wasn't that into it, yeah, because I was pausing it to go do other stuff and come back. Um, so I wasn't fully engrossed in the film, but I think the issue is right, or at least your issue that you're presenting, right? is Harrison Ford isn't playing Han Solo. Harrison Ford is being himself. The whole... Yes. Every time Han Solo, you know, Harrison Ford is playing Han Solo, he's being himself. Even from the first auditions, he was just being himself. Yeah. So it's hard to create that inner character. But what I would have liked to have seen is see a younger, scrappier version of that. And I felt Mm -hmm. like this... The young Hans Solo was way too composed for me. Yes, and I think what would have been nice is if he was really scrappy. Like, you know, yes, you're young, but this whole idea is you don't work well with others or like, you know, you you don't take leadership or whatever. I was like, okay, that's kind of weak. But I would have liked to see just a young, scrappy kid who makes a lot more mistakes, and then kind of seeing that mentorship with. Woody Harrelson's character Tobias Beckett kind of teaching him how to be a smuggler, to be a pirate, you know, and it sort of like treasure planet in a way. And then yeah. the hit becomes so much harder at the end when Han shoots Beckett because you're like, Oh, that was his mentor. Or, and also with the betrayal, like you feel a lot more because there's more established. I just, I think the mistake was, Not making Han younger. I think if you made Han younger, like teens, maybe it would have worked. Because Han Solo in like a New Hope isn't that old. I mean, I think he's twenty eight in real life at that point.
1: I was gonna ask, his character is pretty young. Wasn't Han Solo? Wasn't that the age of Han Solo when he first meets Luke and Leia? So I remember, Beckett tells yeah. him, Harrison Ford's character tells him, "Oh, I w- I'm going to go to this planet called Tatooine." Like, doesn't he talk about that? And then he, he and then he says the Chewie. to
0: Chewie. He says he's going to go to Tatooine, and that's, I believe that's because of Jabba the Hutt. I might be wrong, but. So I think
1: that's where I kind of got more excited. I don't know. For Star Wars, I really like when they reference other films, quote unquote. Um, mm-hmm. when well, they, that's cause what then, this
0: movie was doing the whole time was referencing other the older movies.
1: Well, because when least they reference yeah, because when they referenced that, I was like, okay, so like we know he's very soon gonna meet a young Luke. He's gonna meet yeah. Leia soon. So like that's kind of leading up to him meeting them. So, yeah, it, was kinda, it was kind of, it was kind of nice though to see like because Leia does call Han Solo kind of like a player in a way, like she just kind of mm. like messes with them. So it was nice to see him um, flirt with Amelia Clark's character because I was like, okay, this is his life before Leia, before he actually falls in love with Leia. So I mean. I don't know, it just didn't do much for me as a film
0: I needed more mistakes I needed more scrappiness I felt it started off well in like stealing the car and everything I was like, okay, that's kind of scrappy but towards the middle you know and I also feel like his transformation into the hero at the end is wasn't fully developed his character arc isn't fully developed in turning into the person that he is to become.
1: And how he tries I, to kind of act a little, like, clumsy. Doesn't he act, like, a little clumsy with the... Uh, I wouldn't say clumsy, but... but but. Or he's, like, a trickster. He He's meant to be a trickster, and then he, like, tricks somebody. And I think he tricks, like, Paul Bettany's character. I don't know. I, I haven't seen really the movie tri- in little years. He doesn't,
0: he doesn't really trick him. I mean, guess it is a trick, but... It's more a calculated plan, but I don't know. I feel I feel like I would have liked to have seen more improvisation from Han Solo.
1: Yes. From um, the guy who played him.
0: Yeah. I'm just, just like improvising with the scene and seeing where it goes. I don't know. I, I honestly, cause it makes me think about Indiana Jones in yeah. the same way that you know River Phoenix is Indiana Jones.
1: Didn't Works. he play him at the same like age? Like wasn't he Hansel and Indiana Jones in the same era? Yeah, but I'm talking age? about Ru-
0: River Phoenix in The Last Crusade. I'm talking about that introductory scene in The Last Have you seen The Last Crusade? I
1: have not. Oh gosh. I know.
0: In The Last Crusade River Phoenix, who's like a boy actor, who's like a a Hollywood starlet, like one of the most amazing actors, right, is playing a young Indiana Jones. And in this, like, scene, it sets up who Indiana Jones is, how he gets his look, to even how he gets his hat. And, like, it sets up everything for Indiana Jones to we reach him in present day. And that scene is so beloved because... Spielberg takes the bits from Harrison Ford that we know and love and has found way, like for instance, Harrison Ford has like a scar on his chin. And there's no way to kind of reference that. So in this scene, you have Indiana Jones and he's using the whip for the first time, which is Indy's trademark whip, right? And he uses the whip and he cuts himself and he cuts himself in the exact same place as Harrison Ford has his permanent scar. And so you're like, oh, that's cool. How you use something from the past, or I guess the future, to kind of reference the past. And that's similar in the way that Han Solo does it. But it works better because he's young, and he's in like his formative years. He's like discovering who he is. And I think, it, I don't know, I felt that kind of energy wanting to see a younger guy or... the. Least someone with a lot less experience kind of figure it out I just felt like he had too much life experience for the film you know like you you're a smuggler already you know you, you lose the love of your life you end up in a war for three years and then now you're teaming up with a bunch of misfits to steal Coaxium I was like it's not as adventurous as your past experiences, but I honestly, the reason the reason why I'm giving it a seven, is because of the other characters in the story, the writing, not the story, but the writing. The writing, like the callbacks and everything, was so good to me. Like when he when they said oh, we have to go to castle to refine the coaxium, I was like, okay, so now he's gonna make the castle t- run in twelve parsecs, and then you see it, and I was like, okay, I'm game for that. But yeah, it, it's mid. It's kind of weak. But you know, I don't. There's nothing to to celebrate.
1: I mean, it the movie just fell flat for me. But I'm sure there's been talks of a sequel for it, and then they're they're like, okay, we're not making one. I hope not. Um, I will say, though, from what I've read years ago, that they said because Solo did so poor in the... It's not funny, but it's humor. It's interesting. Um, Since Solo did so bad, I think they they were trying to do a Boba Fett film, and they canceled it. Or they, like, stopped trying to because Solo ended up doing so bad. But, so, aside from Solo, you watched... DC's Suicide Squad yeah. today as well and I wanted those thoughts
0: I rated that a 7 as well
1: okay no that's fair um like, uh, so um,
0: I've seen Suicide Squad at least the beginning of Suicide Squad at least 3 times I've just never really been able to sit down and watch it so I tried today finally finished it It became the Will Smith show very quickly.
1: It did. And the Margot Robbie. Mm,
0: uh, Yes, but more the Will Smith show. Um, I felt they were really leaning on the fact that he was their star talent rather than getting a fair shot at everybody else. Um, And I think at some point it got to be so much Will Smith that they had to compensate with Margot Robbie. Like, yes. It became so much in line with Will Smith. They were like, okay, we need to... Like, for instance, there's like a whole scene with Will Smith. like He's on top of the cars, and he's shooting everybody, and blah, 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 blah right? And he has this hu- whole huge accent scene. And I was like, okay, well, that was a lot of Will Smith. And then the scene afterwards, or at least two scenes afterwards, you have Margot Robbie in the elevator, and she has that whole moment where she's beating the bad yeah. guys up like, in the elevator. And I was like, okay. You can tell they kind of try to balance these two stars together, but it's so heavily in Will Smith's hands that I was like, so this is just a dead shot movie? Is this, is this what this is?
1: Which is why, because I know last year he was rumored to be in James Gunn's V suicide, suicide Squad, and then they completely scrapped him. I don't. I think he didn't want to do it anymore. I don't know. That, I have no idea of the real reason why he wasn't in it, but I think it was... I, I, I couldn't tell you. I think he realized that he didn't want to do it again or something. I don't know. But... Idris Elba is taking a spot and apparently he was supposed to play another dead shot, but then he's like, he's now a mysterious character. Um, just so going back to, to your thoughts. So I'll agree. The first time I saw it, okay. Katie saw it before me with Dalen and cause I was, I was away. I was, or she saw it with Maddie. Um, I wasn't here and she saw it without me. So she texted me and said, okay, She kind of explained the beginning to me, which I was thankful for because if I hadn't gotten a little bit of explanation, I kind of would have been like, I kind of felt the way about the beginning of Suicide Squad the same way I felt about the Harley Quinn solo film. Um, Because I didn't need so much background in Suicide Squad. I wish they would have just like gone forward with it. Uh, So the first time I saw it, I would have rated it an 8 out of 10 just because you're getting so many of these DC anti-heroes together, and it's kind of, like, relating from Arrow when they had Deadshot on, and they had, um... What was Viola Davis's character name? Because I, I... Amanda Waller. So they had Amanda Waller on... They technically had a Suicide Squad in Arrow for, like, one episode. Um, and then it kind of, like, went away after a couple episodes. But that's kind of what made me excited for this film and the fact that Margot Robbie and Jared Leto, Cara Delevingne, Joel, um, Killerman, all Viola Davis, all these people were going to be in it. And then it kind of just, I had to agree with people a couple years later that I wasn't a huge fan of it. I now would probably give it like a six and a half out of 10 because the storyline just kind of, it, it starts off strong, I think. And then it kind of just goes downhill. Kind of, it, it just, Kara Delvine's character, like, kind of just didn't make sense. Like, she gets taken, she's like this evil person, and then, I don't know, I just didn't buy it. I just wasn't a fan of the whole taking over her body and then all, the, all this shit going on. But, um, I think originally from the start, it was more of a Margot Robbie Will Smith film. Because we got more of their background stories. And everyone else kind of just got like a two second explanation. Like literally Will Smith got like a whole ass thing. Especially with the Batman. And then Margot Robbie got her whole story. Especially with Jared Leto. Which kind of is important to know. it, I mean. And it's like how I say it with background films. Like you already know their background film, Like you know Batman's film. You know Batman's backstory. But you still have to have it to set up for the film so it's kind of how i felt with margot robbie's harley quinn and jerry little's joker because you kind of know that he like he turns her she was her, his therapist all this stuff and then everyone else like the boomerang guy we got two seconds of him being arrested by ezra Miller's flash yeah like everyone got like the, chi- the chinese girl got literally like Two seconds with her sword, and then it's like a flashback of her saying, "Okay, I'll do you. I'll do you proud, father." Like they definitely gave more thought into, okay. It's her husband. Sorry, her husband shit. So I haven't seen it in a while.
0: I I slightly disagree with you.
1: Okay.
0: Because the way reason why I disagree with you is because Deadshot and Harley Quinn are one infamous DC characters, and yes. two. We haven't had a live action version of them ever. So we kind of need that backstory for them because we've never had it. And I'm sure a lot of the times you have to also take into consideration that a lot of people watching these films are first time DC fans or, you know, they just haven't really embedded themselves in the DC lore. I disagree with Batman though because. We've had so many Batman films. Like, if you haven't seen one by now, like, what? What are you doing?
1: But so that's also kind of what I'm saying. I, yeah, I'm saying that's like, why
0: I'm like, you can with Batman, you probably don't need that backstory. But with Harley Quinn, I think you do because Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn is now just synonymous with. Harley Quinn, the character, like it, it, you can't separate the two now. It's very hard to see Mother yeah. Robbie and not see Harley Quinn. So I and I think just because of what she brings to her performance, that I think she not only deserves, but I, I think not a lot of people know about it. I think it was a brave take to do the vat of acid bit. Because
1: that was pretty epic. Not gonna lie, like right that because. Was- toxicity because at its finest.
0: I think it was de- it was cool because you haven't seen that since well, since the Tim Burton Batman's with with um Jack Nicholson when Nicholson fell into the vat of acid and became Joker. Like you haven't seen the vat of acid bit in a while. So to have that was one really cool. And but it was weird because we've had Heath Ledger's Joker, and he wasn't the vapid guy, so no. it felt sort of out of place. I think another thing that was very disappointing for me, I guess, was how Suicide Squad ties into Justice League.
1: Yeah, I really liked that.
0: I loved it. But oh also no, it tied into
1: like, um, Batman versus Superman.
0: Yes, but also Justice League because you see Flash and you see you see um oh, yeah, right. in the file, um, but I guess I was a little upset and you all, it was upsetting because you had Ben Affleck as Batman and you know you you don't get to see, any more from him, and you can see how David Ayer is kind of t- you tying things in with Zack Snyder because Zack Snyder is also a producer on that project, that you kind of see this universe building, and it was just became pretty sad for me because I know I'm not going to see this fully fleshed out universe as I feel like it was becoming. Um, but I think I think there's a lot of things that were cut that could have been helpful. I wasn't really into the whole brother situation with Cara Delevingne's character's brother, the big cyber oh, yeah. cannibal, that was that
1: was dead. Um. Honestly, I'm just really excited to see what James Gunn brings to his The Suicide Squad. We get our first look actually next Saturday at DC Fandom, which is going to be a 24-hour free event online. So we're going to see a lot of, or not a lot of, we're, we're going to see, I guess, maybe a first look, a sneak peek. Um, I think David Ayer... Who is the director of this suicide squad that we're talking about, I think he did I, I think he did what he could. I think I saw where his direction was going, but then again the studio always comes in and says, Okay, no, we need to cut this, we need to cut this. Um, I mean overall I, I always give a movie the benefit of the doubt. I think I always say I think this and Justice League were pretty good. Um, and then I watched them again. I watched Justice League again, couldn't finish it because I was just like, okay, there's so many plot lines like that are all over the place. Suicide Squad had a good setup. It had the potential, and then it just fell short, I think. Um, that's why I gave it a 6.5 out of 10. I think just the plot line was pretty good. Amanda Waller, bringing her in, setting everything up, and then just like, the, I think it was just the villain for me. I think it was just how they set up the end of the storyline it it just i i will admit i did love at the end i did love how will smith was just so cocky throughout it and how he like would hit every bullseye Mm -hmm. and at the end jared leto breaking harley quinn out of jail i think those were two of my favorite things but
0: yeah it's bland
1: i just the movie the movie's
0: bland i I will say that it's 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 bland it doesn't really go anywhere, but individual performances are pretty great. Um, still not sold on Leto's Joker.
1: No, I uh, honestly I think he was the wrong choice for the Joker. But I get where they were kind of trying. They were trying to go for more of a gangster type of Joker, which is kind of what I guessed at and what I kind of saw more of, like the. Instead of the Heath, instead of Heath Ledger's badass um, just like doesn't care, they, we kind of got Leto's um, like you saw that he was in charge. and like you saw that too with Heath Ledger. You saw he was in charge. he knew what he was doing. he like he was so sneaky and tricky. But then with Leto, I, I the way I felt was he was just like the top mobster. like nobody f- messed with him. nobody. If, if you're his, you, nobody went after you.
0: No, I, f- I, I, felt, I felt Ledger was more calculated and knew what he was doing. Yes. I felt Leto was more manic and whatever goes, goes. I, 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 I never felt like Leto was really in control of her scene. Like, I never really gravitated to him Honestly, and his character. I, think... I just felt like he was just a player in the scene. And, like, I would say even that scene with with Margot Robbie, Leto, and Common when they're at the club. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Margot led it. Margot led it. And that scene should be led by by Leto. Like, this should be, you know, you're nervous for Common because you know he's going to die. And, yes, he does die. But you're wondering, how is he going to die and when is he going to die? But at no point was I ever more focused on Joker and what Joker was going to do than I was what Margot Robbie was going to do. And and I'll say that scene is sort of similar to in Joker with Joker and, and Murray, the talk show host, mm. where, spoiler, if you haven't seen Joker, where <laughs> Joker shoots Murray at the end. and. That scene is crazy because there's an anticipation that you're like, we know it's going to happen, but when is it going to happen and how is it going to happen? So I would have liked to have seen Leto really control it more because, I mean, you're playing, like, the most controlling character. Like, he just... He he controls a room. He takes the air out of a room, and I just never felt like Leto carried himself. No, he
1: didn't. And that's what... That's kind it of what really I was a, gonna just, go with. Yeah,
0: it was really a blinged out B movie. I, I, it was. That's. I think that's the best way. It was just a lot of bling and 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 you know, like with another thing with that Leto, one thing that bothered me before you get into it. Okay, me, go
1: ahead.
0: One thing that bothered me was the fact that in the beginning, we have five song changes for just the beginning. It's like a yeah. song for every single character, and I was like, why are we doing this? play one song and just get us through the movie. Like, we shouldn't have a song for your intro credits and then a song for Deadshot and then a song for Margot Robbie and then a song for uh, Leto and a song for Amanda Waller. Like, just get us in the movie. Like, let's move.
1: So I think with that... that. All right, talking about that, I think they were doing it to, like, set the tone of the character, like, showing, okay, like, don't mess with Deadshot. Harley Quinn's a badass. Amanda Waller is the one in charge, all this stuff, um, but with Leto, but I agree with you, I'm gonna have to honestly go back and kind of watch the beginning of Suicide Squad to kind of get a feel for that, um, I do like, I will say, I do like how in the the beginning of Suicide Squad we opened up with, uh, Superman's death, because it kind of like, it was, honestly to me, like, you can disagree too with this, it was kind of random, Like, I get, I understood completely that it followed along with the DC, like, storyline, the universe, like, that's what's happening, um, and it kind of really helped showing, like, okay, that's where we are right now, instead of having to guess, that, okay, where are we in the storyline of, like, Batfleck, all this stuff, um, I just think it was kind of random, just seeing that in the beginning, and then Amanda Waller kind of just briefly mentions it once, like "oh, the this, the star hero has fallen" or something, whatever she says. Um, kind of was very random to me. Yeah. So were all the flashbacks. I wish that they had chosen better scenes for Batfleck and for Flash, but I under I kind of understood like it, the flashbacks. There's just there's just so many ways they could have gone better about this film especially with these characters that they brought in like I, I did like seeing that Batfleck does capture ha- Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn like that was pretty cool because that's pretty much both their nemesis and um, but anyway so leto leto had every single scene pretty much with Margot Robbie I think except for like two scenes where he meets up with one with another mobster and when he like threatens this lab guy with his family I think every other scene was which was kind of bad because it just showed how dependent it, it seemed that like Leto could not really act as the, the Joker as much without having Margot Robbie in the same vicinity because they were kind of they they just meshed so well like not them two but like the characters like that's it, it kind of seemed like he relied on her acting skills in every scene but Robbie always led it Robbie led every single scene with the joker even when she like yeah. jumps off the roof and goes to him like she still kind of let it because he's like oh I'm here for you baby or whatever whatever he calls her and then she like does the well, jump and it still kind of leads into her
0: that's another taking the scene. Why. well one I think in those references it's very clear that the studio has a lot more to do with this movie I think the studio cut scenes with Joker in it because David Ayer is going back and saying, "Okay, there's a lot more to Joker that wasn't seen," and I think they did that because they knew the big ticket was Will Smith and Margot Robbie, so they were like, "We have to give those two the most amount of screen time," right? Another thing I would say, that relationship is messed up because the Joker is Joker is abusive to Harley. The whole in the comics and, and even in the animated. TV shows. So, to have him care for her so much, I was like, something's not right here. Like, Joker doesn't care about Harley. He's using Harley. You know? And, and, but yeah. Harley is infatuated with him, and she would do anything for him. Which I felt like Margot Robbie did a good job of showing that side to Harley. But I, I felt it was, this this relationship was shown as if it was a a loving relationship,
1: and you when know it's what's, not, and you know what's really bad about that? About okay, so what with what you just said? There was there was so much controversy. I remember on like Twitter and and all uh, like social media went cr- like ballistic when that film came out because they were showing like oh she changed him and he cared for her and all this stuff. Like people came at the film because. They said, no, like, this is manipulation. Like, he's, like, it's a completely... Everyone said, like, you shouldn't want a relationship like Harley Quinn and Joker because everybody kept saying, they're like, oh, I want to be them for Halloween and all... and everything. Like, they were going off and people said, like, you realize, like, it's actually very toxic. Yeah. Like, he's manipulating her. He makes her change who she is. She goes from this, like, well... Well um, Well-to-do woman. Well-spoken, well-put-together psychiatrist to this to harley quinn she became I, I harlet quinzel to harley quinn because a man changed her and people went berserk people were like you should not be praising a relationship and i even said i was like oh my god the, the joker and harley like i love them blah 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 and, and then i watched it and i've and i've like after watching the harley quinn solo film you know it, it, it's a very bad it was very toxic
0: right but so, how but that's another reason why birds of prey doesn't work as well is how do you get from that situation to then harley's like oh yeah me and dr mr j broke up and now i'm you know vindicated and now i'm gonna be who i am a person like it just doesn't work the, the first whole thing 20 just 20 minutes
1: the first 20 minutes are just her talking about her breakup with yeah mr j and it's just going off and i'm like okay first of all this is supposed to be like solo harley quill and badass film and you're just talking about the breakup and you do all this because of the breakup and like this is the repercussion like for something that wasn't supposed to revolve around him it kind of did in the beginning yeah but Hi. wow we went we went off today
0: yeah any Otherwise. final
1: thoughts on anything that we've said today nope I think we said it all. I think this is the most we've gone in depth on DC and Star. Well, Star Wars we always go a little in depth, but I think yeah. more news is coming out this week. Always, always. Um, I do. I do want to say that I am excited for DC fandom. Um, again, I'm. I'm feel horrible about the people who lost their jobs. I hope they find something. Soon, um, DC Fandom is next Saturday, August twenty second. It's going to be a twenty four hour online event. It's free. We're going to get to see like the CW, the CW uh, DC characters. I believe the Batman, our Pats, and (laughs) some other characters. Um, Zack Snyder, he's releasing his first Snyder cut of the Justice League. Mm -hmm. So. Very exciting. That's it for today. I never do the closing. <laughs> but thank you so,
0: <laughs> <laughs> so Please Why cut that. So that, <laughs> so that well, was episode fourteen oh. <laughs> of That's What She Said with Zach and Nicole. Awesome. We'll see you guys later.